Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about surviving a calorie surplus. Why do you think that I said surviving? It's tough. <laughs> yeah, why is it tough? I don't know. You tell me. I suppose that's what we're going to talk about, isn't it? <laughs> I get a lot of questions um, about how to, I guess, go into a calorie surplus, not just physically, but mentally. Mm. And I think the psychological component of gaining weight, gaining body fat, gaining size as a female can be quite challenging um, for a lot of people to go through. Oh, I definitely find it a lot harder um, than a cutting phase. That's for sure. Yeah. Dieting's the easy part. Mm, mm. How long have you been in a surplus? You know, we'll get into this because oh. there's there's a lot of different, um, I guess, variables and phases that I think a lot of people need to go through. But mm. there was definitely a period where I went into a surplus. It was actually when I'd sort of done my hamstring and I was sort of promoting more recovery. And that mm. was hard for me to be like, I can't train as hard, but I know I've got to yeah. eat more um, from a recovery perspective. But there's also the unintentional surpluses that I feel like as natural humans and as environment and social events put us in, we need to go mm. into as well. So, mm. you know, I've been in, I guess, multiple different forms of calorie surpluses, but for the sake of going into planned surpluses to intentionally grow muscle, I haven't been in, a, in an intentional surplus for probably nearly 12 months. Like I'm pretty mm. comfortable at maintenance now at the moment because I've built a lot of muscle mass in the past. What about yeah. you? Yeah, interesting. I was at maintenance. So after the show, you get into maintenance for a while. And then I reckon I've been in a surplus like over a year since around lockdown time. But again, half planned, half unintentional. Mm. Um, I suppose we'll get into to it after. Um, but for those who don't know what a calorie surplus actually is, we should explain. So calorie surplus um, in sort of layman's terms, just eating more food than the energy that you expend. Yeah. So everyone hears the terms calorie deficit. They're thrown around like it's yeah. bloody on fire. Everyone <laughs> knows that eating less is what you need to do to lose body fat. But yeah. there should also come periods throughout your fitness journey where you do sort of step into a calorie surplus to be able to build the muscle. Yeah. And I just like to say to, to women as well, like once you do the work and build a lot of the foundational muscle mass, you should really only have to go through that really uncomfortable stage once in your career. If you can build a lot of that muscle, that's my perspective anyways. Like I believe oh, yeah. that people should go into a calorie surplus, build the muscle they want, get to a, a place that they feel like they've gone through um, a good building phase, mm-hmm. then cut down or go to maintenance and, and wiggle room and see where your new maintenance body weight and calories is. Yeah. And we've definitely mentioned that we don't like the word bulking. So again, you use the word building and, you know, the whole bulking and cutting is just so wrong. Very old school bodybuilder mentality where, you know, you diet down for a show or a goal, your wedding or something. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm bulking now and just put on a shit ton of body fat. Like it's not, that's not healthy for your mind, for your body or anything. Um, Mm. So it has to be controlled. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I've never, like bulking is just not even a good word I would want to use. I always default to building. Yeah. Um, But yeah, why should you go into a calorie surplus? Like I said, there's the main reason would obviously be hypertrophy, like building muscle mass, going through an intentional 
building phase. Mm. Um, the other thing, like I said, is recovery. So um, I had the hamstring tendonitis and mm. I was sort of recommended to make sure that I wasn't dieting. I wasn't, I was eating enough calories overall to aid that healing process of the tendons. So I was like, I just want to make sure this is right. I'm going to go into a yep. small surplus for this period, even though my training intensity and volume and everything was pulled back for a period of time. Uh, I did gain body fat. I did gain body weight in that time, but it, it was worth it to just yep. get that healed. So then I could get back into my normal training rather than sort of walking the tightrope. So there, and then of course, social events, like, you know, you're going yeah. on holidays, you're going to be in a surplus. Like you shouldn't be trying to sort of rein things in when you've mm. got those social situations. Yeah. And it's good for your hormones as well. And we did have Stacey Sims on uh, the podcast and she actually sort of got rid of the myth that a higher body fat is more chance of getting your period. But I still think if you're eating more, more food, relaxing, more resting, um, as a byproduct, you are in a more fertile state. Yeah. So for me as well, to regulate my period amongst yeah. all the supplements that Gabriella Rose put me on, um, you know, I, I ate more food, stressed less, moved less, and then it, it came. So that's mm. definitely another reason as well to be in a surplus. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that injury recovery comes hand in hand, like mm. amenorrhea, missing cycles, cold. other mm. endocrine dysfunctions. They usually require a higher um, energy intake to be able to fuel those, um, those metabolic requirements of your body. So was that something that Gabby recommended that you did, or was that something that like Hattie recommended? Did you mm. go into a surplus during that period? Yeah, I definitely did. It was more about having higher fats. Yeah. actually, because when I compete, my fats are really low Yeah, and carbs as well, but higher protein, but it was more about the fats. And then um, now I take like fish oil and one, um, it's like for one meal you have, it's one gram of fat type things. So then yeah. I have like 10 grams a day of that yeah. um, as well. So yeah, definitely put me into a surplus, but I'm kind of like, I've been between a surplus and maintenance on and off for the past six or so months. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, because it gets to the point and you're like, okay, I'm uncomfortable now, like really uncomfortable. Um, and then I'm like, okay, we'll sit around here for a bit. You know, might have an event or something. It goes up a bit down, depending on life as well. I'm yeah. still tracking religiously every day, but I'm not super strict like what I would be when I'm competing. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to have that sort of like that flow approach, I believe, for periods of the year. I usually do it over Christmas um, yep. and those sorts of events where I really pull back. I might have some time off tracking and yep. do those sorts of things. Um, that's important for me to feel mm. like I have breaks from being so structured with nutrition yep. and rely a bit more on that intuitive sort of style of eating and listening to your body. But I, I just want to highlight, like, it's super important that you're doing that, Danny. Mm. And this is when individuality um, becomes really important. Like if I had um, like, you know, any regular cycle and issues as well, I would absolutely be mm. making sure that my body had those requirements. And as Stacey said, like that kiss peptin, like some people just have different thresholds to it. Yep. So you need to be working with someone. And this is what I was going to say. I think it's so important that if you're going into surpluses and doing these sorts of things that you are working with someone, I absolutely. think a lot of people get coaching when they just want to diet. Yeah, man. I'm like, no way. The diet's the easy part. Just eat a little less and you'll lose body fat, right? Like It's easy because sure. you have such a set goal. Mm. That's what makes it easy, I think. Mm. Like missing events and, and all that's hard, but you're so focused on your goal that it is easy mm. and it's consistent and predictable. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whereas with a surplus, it actually is really unpredictable. And we're going to talk about, you know, being able to track your own progress and what that looks like. But mm. for a lot of people, when we're in deficits, I guess it's quite easy to track progress because we can visually see it, like you're yep. getting leaner. Um, usually the scales or your measurements are going down as well. They're trending in the right direction. Yep. Um, you feel the hunger. So you're like, uh, is like I'm hungry. It's usually mm. a good sign that you're in a deficit if mm. your appetite's starting to sort of upregulate. So you've got all these biofeedback markers and these measurements um, that hopefully you're collecting when you're going through dieting phases. And it's not as clear cut when you go through a surplus. Yeah, exactly. But I actually think that maintenance is harder because mm. there's no goal. Like, yeah. oh, there is a goal and it is to stay the same. Yeah. And for people like you and I who love, you know, progressing, for me, a maintenance feels like I'm not progressing in anything. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, I really, that's how I struggle the most in maintenance. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people do. I think, mm. um, like you said, there's no sort of end target. There's no goal. There's no focus. Mm. And for a long time, for years, when you first start trading, there always is. You're always making progress, but sort of, sitting at maintenance and maintaining what you're doing is a level of progress and it should be like accounted for the same way. Yes, you can have like more lenience when it comes to perhaps the way you're tracking, for example, but yeah, it can definitely be be challenging, especially to show up and do your check-ins consistently. Yeah, for sure. And then that's why goals around other things are so important at that time mm. um, as well, not just your body weight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But for like the first, I want to say, oh God, I reckon I was in a deficit for like, you know, what, 12, 18 months when I first started training. Like, you oh, know, I yeah. think you just sort of under eat for a long period of time. Or even our whole life, I reckon. Because, oh, oh actually, no, I was a chubby kid and then um, sport. I was really, yeah. then I was a tennis player like you and a yeah. runner. We were thin. Yeah. But that we were, we were maintaining. So technically it's our well, I wouldn't even jump on the scales. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. But when you under eat for a long period of time, which we know we go well, through those know. metabolic adaptations mm. and you just start maintaining on those lower calorie points. So mm. that's why it's important that if you don't sit at maintenance for a period of time or spend time in surpluses, like it can sort of bite you in the ass in the long run because your body does adapt to it. Um, yeah. When I was working like um, shift work on the ward, my maintenance was anywhere up to like 25-ish hundred calories and I was mm. maintaining um, a reasonable body weight on on that when I transitioned to online work that dropped down like yeah. so your 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 maintenance calories changes a lot but the difference is like I'm not hungry on less calories if that makes sense because I'm not yep. expending that energy so it's not like it's not a bad thing when mm. calories change it just is it's reflective of your environment yeah. And that's why it's important for people who don't have a coach, um, mm. you know, try X amount of calories one week, be consistent with it, yeah. see what your body does. All right, cool. Know if you need to up it a little bit or go lower or stay the same. Mm. Like people sort of want the magic calories or the magic macros and all of that. Well, no, if, if you don't have a coach, which it's so much better like to have one until you know what you're doing yourself. <laughs> why wouldn't you have one? <laughs> yeah, just have one. Um <laughs> Uh, then just, yeah, work it out yourself. But it, you have to be consistent because people, bless my brother, he always asks me for advice. But again, I'm like, Nick, just get a coach. And he's like, no, no, I'll do it. And he's like, oh, I had this many calories. I'm like, but did you track it? He's like, nah. I'm like, well, how do you know you had this many? Yeah, like you, you have to track it. 
Mm, yeah. And it's the same with like, if you think you're eating at maintenance and then you might have like a couple of untracked meals or yeah. like you go out for the weekend, like you're, you could potentially be in a surplus. And there are mm. periods that I've de- definitely gone through where I've been eating at maintenance, but I haven't been that strict on myself and I've had social events and parties and yep. things like that. So it's not that like, I haven't been in a surplus. I haven't been in an intentional building phase. Mm. Um, And that's the difference. But I think a lot of us super high achievers, objective-driven people that are so on top of our tracking, the danger is that we're actually not allowing for those things to happen. Yeah. naturally would. Like if you think about like evolutionary time, what would happen in winter? Would hibernate, would move less, would eat more, would eat comfort foods, would gain Mm. body fat. And then in the summer, you know, the keenies come out, we're walking more, we're burning more energy, we're we're chasing our food, we're doing all mm. those sorts of things because it hasn't been collected mm-hmm. um, and we're losing body fat. So there should be times of the year where it goes up and down, like maintaining yep. linear physique all year round doesn't make sense from an evolutionary standpoint yep. or like a reproductive standpoint as well. And yeah. then overall health. So I think like normalizing, which is amazing, it's sort of happening, like normalizing mm. this change in women's bodies yeah and from a physique stamp or a physique competitor danny like yeah um this what's the word like this stigma mm. where just because you're a bikini athlete or you're a bodybuilder or a competitor that you should have bicep veins and like mm. abdominal definition all year round mm. and now it's like this sort of in between ground where like yeah we can get into that condition but we also sit with a normal body fat percentage yeah. with what's recommended for our reproductive health. It's brilliant. And it, it truly preaches what health is. Um, you know, people want to look up to people that are also attainable. And, mm. and if you're one of the people who are lean all year round, awesome. If you're happy, if you're, you're, your mindset should dictate your body. Okay. Yeah. And, and if you're letting yourself go and you're slipping on habits, I know I went through that in lockdown you know, mm. let let go of some rituals and my mindset wasn't as strong and, okay, then I, I put on a more weight. Mm. So that surplus to me wasn't like a planned yeah. surplus that came from a good mindset and that's why I wanted to get out of it, not mm. because, oh, it's the way I look. It's because I let go of all my, not all, like some habits slipped yeah. Um, yeah. because I was feeling voids through other things, you know, having meals with my um, neighbour and stuff like that. Like, and, and just having more feel good things through food and, and whatever. Um, but that's, that's a byproduct. But if you're doing a calculated surplus for like a show, celebrate it. If you have a goal to be, um, you know, fertile, celebrate it. That's the, yeah. that's what I told myself rather than, oh, I'm putting on weight, blah, blah, blah. This isn't good. I don't look as good. Well, no, I mm-hmm. said, I'm creating a fertile body. Yeah. And I, I thank myself. I thank yeah. my little, we all store a bit of fat around the stomach. I'm like, thank you. Like you're helping me be fertile. You yeah. just could be kind to yourself, but then yeah. also catch yourself out and not make excuses. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm building, I can eat these, these 10 burgers. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. Not the case. Huh. Um, you know, and I think it's so important just to sort of understand that like with the surpluses, with building, with bodybuilding, with any sort of physique based goal, usually body weight's going to change your body weight set point, like where you average. Mm. I've been as light as 45 kilos on stage and up to sort of 64 ish, Mm. 64, 65, whatever that, that range. So like that's 
not freaking significant in terms of like your my percentage of, of body weight um, for the size of the human that I am. So, oh yeah, and I must admit, like a while, like a you know, a few years ago, I struggled with compliance a lot, as we probably all did, or continuously living in deficits. So, oh, yeah. as you said, I think those unplanned surpluses do happen and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like sure. When the mindset's not there, like it's not very ideal, Mm -hmm. but like I said, it's, it's also not good to be able to live in that restrictive way of eating for so long. We need to be like having waves and whether that looks like a planned surplus or it looks like having some time off tracking and enjoying life a bit more in social events, either way, it's still the same result of usually eating a bit more calories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so necessary for our sport as well. I was quite similar, actually. I was probably, I think about 47 on stage in my first show. And um, the the second show was probably about, I'm not second compared to my last, it would have been at least 10 kilos heavier if we're talking Mm. lean and lean. Now I'd be even more, but I'm not in like my leanest. But, um, and then you look back at the photos and you're like, wow, you don't always see yourself. I didn't see myself to be that tiny, but then I looked at an old photo. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like three times the size now, like the muscle. And, and at the time I did not want to go in a surplus. I remember I was so resistant to it because I was so new to the idea. I didn't understand, but now, you know, you and I, we've become, Become pro athletes if we yeah. still with 47 45 kilos we it's not yeah. right for our sport so yeah. it's all yeah. part of the game you have yeah. to get a little bit uncomfortable do it well if you want to look different on stage imagine going through all that effort and you look bloody the same mm. or worse because mm. you haven't had that time to recover yeah nightmare yeah. They have shown with that cut bulk mentality for competing that a lot of the research showed that people would just get fatter and then lose the fat, like the cut bulk. And that's so, oh, my God. Imagine having to, like, just eat more for the sake of it because they traditionally thought you had to eat a huge amount of calories to be in a surplus, where we know now it's usually like one to 200 is more than sufficient. Um, Or um, like eating nothing. And they showed that people would just gain five kilos of fat and then lose five kilos of fat to get on stage. And then get, and now we know that more sort of holistic, like just above, like just on the tail tip of maintenance is really yeah. what you need. tiny surplus yeah. um, is more than sufficient to be able to build muscle. It does come down to a lot to your training. Oh um, yeah. Even like, like I competed last year at 52, 53 kilos. Mm, mm. So like I'm 10 kilos heavier than what I was when I competed. Yeah. I'd say the same, to be honest. 16 months ago, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you gain weight and it's a normal part of the process. But I would say, like, we put on a shitload of muscle in Mm. that time. Like, we're going to look so different by the time we compete at the end of the year. Yeah, And that's so rewarding. Yeah. Well, for our sport, that's that's what it is. You have to come back better and you can't put on a whole lot of body fat because you'll end up, like, for the stage because you need to – lose that body fat. And then in that you will lose muscle as well. So that's why, you know, a gradual surplus. So sit in maintenance for a bit, a gradual surplus, still train the house down, Mm. eat nutritious food. We are what we eat. Mm. Okay. You want to change your body composition. I don't care. You know, I do flexible dieting, but it doesn't mean we give ourselves the excuse to eat refined sugars and then processed food. Okay. Yeah. Train like an athlete, eat like an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know if I like the term flexible dieting. We just track our macros and we eat foods that support that. Um, But something I wanted to say is when I was like 45 kilos, I like look back now and I had so many 
hormonal issues going on Mm. from a deeper level. And I can look back now in hindsight and look at the symptoms and the signs I was going through and experiencing. Um, What did you notice? Well, I I self-diagnosed myself at one stage with Raynaud's disease. Have you heard of Raynaud's? Yeah, where your um, extremities go white. And I kid you Toes not. Toes and um, fingers. Yep. I found a photo. This is what I used to do, Danny. Oh. I would walk to the gym. I did live in Ballarat, which was freaking ice cold. But oh. I would walk to the gym and my toes would be so numb. I'd have to take my sock off and run my foot under hot water. Wow. To get flow. And I've got a photo on my phone. Should post it. Got a yeah. photo on my phone where my foot or my toes is just completely white. And I've got it next to my hand, which is like pink with blood. Oh my God. From that day. Anyways, so self-diagnosed myself with Raynard's, but now I look back and I'm like, it's just, it was just poor um, blood flow and circulation through my fingers and my feet and limbs that were just really impacted by a cold, which is a big sign um, that like low energy availability is really oh. cold hands and feet just because of blood circulation blood flow even go. though I was, I was on contraception at the time but no sex drive like no sex oh, yeah. Drive. Yeah. Um, what else like thin frail hair like my hair's so thick and healthy now and it's only mm. because like I did go through those periods where I was eating more um yeah. what else there's so many benefits like yeah you just feel more alive mm and happier and and look it depends on your circumstance if we're comparing you know extreme deficits to somewhat of a surplus like a a healthy surplus then you're just able to enjoy life in other ways be a bit more social without you know having to worry oh what food's going to be there or yeah um i love it like Mm. i really love it to the point where i'm like oh shit when are we going to start dieting again i'm not really looking forward to it um Um, what was i going to say like what you said food focused you're so food focused when you are in um, big deficits or extreme phases and that's normal as well like the sense of smell like increases when you go into deficits it's it's mechanisms to help us find food you know when your partner orders a pizza and you're like oh my god oh that would be torture so good yeah it's because those things actually increase um yeah what would you say like an appropriate calorie surplus or what what you've experienced would be in terms of what, like, like putting yourself in a small surplus, what would that look like for you? Like fifty calories, a hundred calories. I don't even know. Again, it's all measured. Um, it really depends if the variable is the food or the physical activity. Yeah. So coming out of a comp, like I wouldn't just stop all cardio or all weight training. You know, I would gradually decline the amount of like hit training I would do and yeah. all of that because I only did hit um, maybe for like the last month ish. Mm. Um, Because I respond well to it. And then, yeah, so gradually change that while keeping food somewhat the same. Mm. But then it would only go up maybe like 10 to 15 carbs at a time. Yeah. I feel like I've not been this disciplined in so long, though, just because it's been two years or it will be of not competing. Yeah. And yeah, it's just almost interesting to recall it because I would be gram to gram. I was like full anal, but now not really. Um, so again, just small increases, maybe a hundred, 150 calories a week, but I'm just, yeah. And for everyone listening, take it with a grain of salt. You know, you have to try it on yourself, measure, see how you feel. And then that's your number. Not just because Danny and Sherelle said, (laughs) why not? (laughs) 
not? Yeah. <laughs> yep. What I find is like when I'm trying to find like an appropriate calorie surplus for clients, it's so different in how people adapt to it. And mm. this comes down to like, I guess what's been proven in the research a lot is about how our need levels change depending. So you've got people who are like really good responders and then people who aren't so much and you can get like what's called an inflated maintenance. So when you overfeed people, they'll move more and therefore they can tolerate um, the higher energy, but yeah. it's not a true maintenance, if that makes sense. So for example, when I was working at the hospital, 25, 2600 calories, that's not, that was my maintenance because of the amount of activity I was doing yeah. more than anything. And it was inflated. I was moving more, twitching more, like not yeah. sitting down as much. So when, like when your environment changes, obviously that does, but this is also why sometimes people can build their calories up quite high, but that doesn't mean that you can shave four or 500 off that mark and mm. still lose because your deficit or your sorry your maintenance calories might be inflated from the eating because what like when you eat a lot of, a lot of food like it actually costs our body energy to break that food down. You sweat mm. more, right? Like mm. your body temperature is hotter. Mm. So there's all these metabolic processes that are also going in. And I've seen that um, seen that happen quite a lot, like where you can build someone's calories up like 3,000. Doesn't mean they're going to be able to diet on 25, 2,600. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was interesting what you said, how the body temperature increases. I know if I have a later dinner, my aura ring the next morning asks me if I'm okay. Because yeah. obviously I was digesting like you weren't well rested. Yeah. I don't know. I imagine it to mean that voice for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I've given yeah. my aura ring Passionate. a voice. Yeah, yeah. like a like an almost like Siri's voice. Yeah. But not an annoying Siri. Yeah. Um yeah, she she the the app asked me. See, if, I feel like mine's a heat. I feel like mine's Do a you? heat. You like yeah. him wrapped around your finger, don't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, wrapped around <laughs> my finger. It's a boy, mine is. It's a it's a fella's ring, right? What's like, his name? I don't know. <laughs> Owen. <laughs> Owen. Oh, it starts um, with O. But yeah, what you said there is like when you eat food, <laughs> obviously like blood flow redirects your digestive tract and then it yeah. sort of increases those, um, those like your met- metabolic rate and your adaptations to churn through that few- food as well. And that's why you'll notice your heart rate go up as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm ovulating at the moment and my aura ring keeps asking if I'm okay. But yes. I'm like, yes, I'm better because I'm actually ovulating, mate. I have a theory like, about this, Danny. What? I have a theory about this. I'm going to email them. Good <laughs> <laughs> oh, ask for a sponsorship too because the amount of people that tag us well, and stuff. I have like five or six clients that have an aura ring, right? Yeah, And of they, they upload their data and I look at it too. Yeah. Um, but what happens around ovulation and just before you get your period is obviously your core body temperature goes up, your Mm. um, respiratory rate and your heart rate all go up. And what this does is it impacts the recoverability or the recovery score that the aura ring measures. However, I think this is a false positive because it senses in a normal body, like heart rate and um, respiratory rate and core body temperature going up is a sign of an infection or being sick or unwell um, or fatigued, for example. So the aura ring or measurables that measure these factors to determine a HRV score, Mm. look at that and go, Cheryl's not recovered. There's something wrong. She's brewing an infection. I'm going to tell her to pull back. And therefore I'm going to give her like, you know, a low recovery score. Mm. Whereas we know because my sleep score will be like crowns 90%, but my recovery might be 60. And it's just because my core body temperature is up by half a degrees and my Mm. resting heart rate's up. But I know looking at the flow that I'm ovulating. So it's so funny when you link it all together and I'm sort of like, guys, like communicate with women health apps and like, yes, Together. So you can be like, 
okay, like your core body temperature's up, but you're actually fine. Maybe eat some more. Yeah, there should be a little button that you press saying I'm ovulating and then all the red goes to the nice color because I hate yeah. seeing the red. It's yep, like yep, it's so yep. much psychology oh. in it. It's like the no. Same with um, my fitness pal. When oh, it yeah. You're like, smart. It's smart. The all these um, apps, they get us. What were we even talking about before that? Digesting food. Digesting food, yeah. And that comes into as well like dieting hacks for calorie oh, yeah. surpluses. What I find is um, when people transition into calorie surpluses, one of the most common mistakes is that they continue to eat diet foods. Mm. So like high volume-based foods, um, very fibrous foods, lots of veggies, and therefore they might be sitting on like, you know, 1,900 calories and be full, like stuffed, can't eat mm. anymore. And I'm sort of like, what are you choosing though? Because you're probably filling up your stomach and you might actually still be eating maintenance, if not a bit less, mm. um, but you're just being really strategic with your food sources, which is amazing, but we need to turn that on and off. Yeah, and it's definitely, it will take time because you're so used to eating these yeah. foods for so long. And some people are like, oh, thank God, I don't want to eat another whatever again, cauliflower or whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, I use, I, I just stuck to my routine because mm. food, when you're really in that comprep mind, food's just fuel, there's no emotion, it is what it is. Cool, mm. I just kept that as my calories increased to the point where I was eating so many veggies because my carbs kept going up. I'm like, oh, this is great. Then I was on like 60 grams of fiber without realizing yeah. and I was so bloated but then I was still sad to get rid of all the veggies but as soon as I stopped I'm like oh thank god so just swapped it with rice or potatoes or just whatever yeah 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 Yeah, it's a big thing I think um like my serving size is a broccoli just like times three when I go into like a comp prep I just eat more of those types of um, fibrous foods whereas Mm. like when I'm at maintenance or like, you know, um, or I have more calories to play with, I might choose things that are like more water-based, like spinach and stuff like that. They don't take up as much room and I don't have to worry about still being hungry after a meal. No, that's the worst. It's funny talking to guys about this stuff because some of them eat like, you know, five, 6,000 calories. So then it becomes expensive time-consuming and exhausting. So for yep. us, we're like, oh, wow, that must be a dream. To Someone at the yeah. gym had like, I think he was going to eat like 900 grams of carbs, someone yeah, was saying. ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, oh, wow, that would be amazing. But then if you actually visualize doing that, mm. imagine. So, yeah. you know, a lot of shakes and um, all yeah. that quick glucose that you get in. Mm. Um, yeah, just to take up less room in the stomach, less yeah. vegetables. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I have, I have a few clients that are sort of like, you know, over 3000 calories, 400 plus grams of carbs, and it's a mm. full-time job for them eating. Like mm. it's, it, I used to think the same thing and then managing sort of clients that do have that really um, like inefficient metabolism where they just have to keep eating. Oh yeah. Their neat levels increase. I get sort of clients that start getting that 350 to 400 ish carbs i've found a lot of success using like dextrose powders to use throughout the gym just because you know when you're working like an eight-hour job or something like that you know a lot of people don't have that time and the luxury to just blend up a shake even so if you're a hairdresser if you're a shift worker or a nurse you're right we have that luxury you forget that people actually don't really get regular meal breaks yeah 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 so dextrose powder multi-dextrose is yeah um, Or even a shake in the morning if you're one of those people who make excuses about breakfast. Just make a shake in the morning filled with everything. Yeah. um, I remember when I was coming into, no, out of a comp prep, I would, yeah, churn 400 grams of carbs and I would not put on weight. I kept Mm. losing. But now if I had 400 grams of carbs, I'd blow up like a balloon. My face gets so puffy. 
Like I hold it all in my face. So do I. Luke tells me it's an asset, the chubby cheeks. He yeah, always tells people me. People love it. People yeah. love when we're a little bit more I can, um, like, a few kegs on us. At my leanest, I still have chubby cheeks. Like nothing changes mm. for my face. I just have a baby face. Um, I was looking at it's, all old photos of us. We you, we do have different size heads. Oh, yeah. the one that I reposted of us on the red carpet oh, at um, WBF. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, look at our. Did you know your organs actually shrink in a deficit? Like really? Yep. Your organs actually atrophy when you go into a calorie deficit. Like it's no surprise. Um, This is why fasting and all those sorts of things have been sort of like an age thing. You know how people say that fasting is good for aging. It slows down, reduces like, um, like the aging process of cells. So, you know, well over my head, but I've listened actually. Yeah, yeah, it slows down cell processes. They've researched this in like cancer and things like that, like oh, fasting. Geez. Before you throw out these facts, I don't know. Let's look more into it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is what it is. No one take my advice. This is just what I've been reading. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting though. That's interesting. Mm, yeah, mm. but obviously there are a lot of benefits to it, but also not many benefits too. No one, no one listening to this really should be fasting. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get. I'm like, fuck, everyone's going to just start fasting now. I'm saying like clinical trials, like for health health related um, diseases and reasons. Well, it depends though. Was the person, you know, eating a lot of sugar beforehand that causes inflammation and can enhance cancer growth? You don't know. Like, what are they comparing it to? What was their lifestyle before? So maybe the fasting was just like them not having something that was really inflammatory for them. Maybe. (laughs) I, was, I'm that I, didn't, I didn't look at the sample size. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but the other thing I was going to chat about was this like concept that you hear all the time about the feeling fluffy. And I hope yeah. that like us sharing some of these, I guess, experiences that we've gone through and just like normalizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, just oh, yeah. Weight gain is normal. When I did my first show, I hadn't like, I had no coach, so don't make my mistakes, but I didn't sort of know that you should gain weight after a show. I was oh, really debriefed on that. So I maintained mm. like quite a, like a low body fat percentage because when you go through like diets and go from calorie surplus to, to deficits, mm. you're just changing a lot of habits and a lot yep. of food sources and a lot of food choices. So when that becomes your like lifestyle, this is why people can struggle to go from one to the other. Cause it's not mm-hmm. just about following a meal plan, especially when you're tracking macros, you're actually changing like habits and behaviors. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's what I noticed the most, to be honest, the habits and behaviors, you know, I might not go on as many walks or do all this or do all that but then I kind of miss those things but then I don't at the same time you just gotta we're in control to reframe our life however we want it and the things that we do in our day are in our control and if you want to keep the things that served you um in great but whatever I would not just overhaul everything oh the show's done oh the wedding's done overhaul Mm. No, that's not good at all. So mm. just, you know, change things here and there based on yeah. your new goals and priorities. But yeah. yeah, for the love of God, don't just like pull the plug on everything that you've been doing the past 16 weeks. Yeah. It's worse. Yeah. Absolutely. You use some of those behaviors and habits. Like they, they served you to get mm. to that point. Um, I'm a, like a big eater. Like I love food. So like when mm. I go from deficits to maintenance, I just really change the amount. So I'm like, give me 400 grams of potato. Like yep. <laughs> I'll eat that. Um, yep. My food sources don't change a huge amount. And this is what I see as like the people that, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not like 
pro clean eating, but like choosing more whole foods when you're Mm. in surpluses, like it's going to ensure that you're reaching micronutrient targets as well. And like people can argue that the cows to the cows come home, that calories are all that matters, but it's Mm. not the truth. Like the quality of those calories are also what matters. Eat sugar, saturated fat, compare that to someone who eats whole foods. You will have different body compositions. Yeah. We are what we eat. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then maybe you're not cut out to be an athlete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't get all emotional about that stuff and expect to do well in like a sport that, that is our sport. Yeah. And I sort of, no, it's not. I always (laughs) sort of think about, you know, there's a lot of people on the internet making this argument that like, just hit macros. If that wants to come from donuts and chocolate, that's all, that's fine. You know, there's a lot of research that. Yeah. If you want to have one meal a day and all your calories are gone, enjoy. People make that argument. But what I say is like, yes, calories are going to determine your, your weight loss or gain the Mm. calories the energy yes we know that the macros is what's going to determine your body composition like the quality of your protein sources whether it's complete or not or like soy or um, Mm. dairy like the the quality of your protein sources and your carbohydrates like your starches and your fats like what we just spoke about Mm. are going to determine like how healthy you are as well as like your ability to build muscle mass because yeah if macros influence how we perform in the gym, how does that not impact our body composition? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the small percentages of meal timing actually mm. do matter as well. Because if you yeah. have, you know, let's just say you're going to train at night, but then you have a big syrupy pancakes in the morning, your sugar spikes, and then you drop, yeah. you're not going to perform as well later. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it is what it is. But um, it yeah. depends on the scale that we're talking. If we're talking little 10% details, yeah, that matters. Um, but mm. if we're talking an overall calorie surplus, yeah, just still be smart with your food choices, you know, yeah. allow the times with family and friends out that you enjoy, but then also, you know, have your baseline and say, cool, maybe I'll go out once or twice a week and that's it. You still have to be disciplined. Yeah. We all love discipline. Yeah, we do. (laughs) That's why we're here sometimes. I always say as well, like the lower your calories, the more that 80, 20 should be like 90, 10. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if you've got like, you know, 1500 calories to play with, you don't really want to be making 20% of your day come from chocolate. Like mm. you want to be sort of a really accounting for those whole foods. I know there comes a place where like people struggle with compliance, yeah. but I would be addressing that before you go into a deficit, to be honest. Like if you can't oh, yeah. have like maybe one little Freddo or something a day or find other ways to, to curb those cravings, if you need a donut or a cookie, like yeah. mentally you're not probably ready to go into a deficit. And that's yep. hard for people to admit. It's hard as a coach mm. to tell people that. Yeah, well, that's why a good coach is honest and, mm. and it can be dangerous if you allow someone to get into a deficit when they're not ready because yeah. it's just going to make everything worse. Yeah, yeah. And Luke Tullick actually did a really great um, post the other day about saying, um, you know, it's choice. And if you're in a deficit or if you're dieting or, you know, and you're complaining and you're not adhering, like it's it's choice and just get yeah. out of it. We've got the choice to go from deficit maintenance to surplus and to do whatever the hell we want to so we don't victimize ourselves to situations and go oh i don't get to eat this cookie we go i've chosen not to eat this cookie yeah oh that's yeah i saw that post his posts have been brilliant recently like they always Mm. are but recently it's stuff like that and just don't be one of the people that are complaining about something that you're doing Mm. and that no one else cares (laughs) about look to be honest no one in who's not in our world gives a shit about our bodybuilding 
We're, no we're the outcasts and the freaks. They're all, yeah. Everyone's just worried about, even the people watching us on stage are probably thinking about, you know, the fight they had with their friend or they're not even yeah. concentrating. Yeah. So, yeah, just don't be the person who complains about something that you are in control of doing to yourself. Yeah. yeah, like choice. I think we do. We worry about what other people think and everything as well when really they don't care. No one cares. <laughs> it's like if you want to diet and change your body composition, that's your decision. The same if you want to build and gain a little bit of body weight mm. and muscle, equally no one cares. Like no one's actually like no one actually cares, do they? No, no one, one notices. I could get to like the end of a prep and looks like you look different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. No they one don't. It's cares. interesting that not and not Luke as an example, they don't care, but they still comment on the changes. Yeah. And it's like just don't fucking comment at all. Don't tell them, oh, you look good. I'll decide yeah. what good is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I choose what good is. Do you know yeah. what? Like at work when I because I'd wear scrubs, right? No one would oh, yeah. really notice. And then like I'd I'd start getting little and the scrubs would really start to fall down. I'd tighten the drawstring up. And every now and then I'd hang an IV bag up and someone would be like, holy shit, what's going on with your bicep there? But uh. you know, no one would notice. But as I'd get smaller, people would start being like, Oh, you look good you look so little what have you been doing and that used to surprise me I'm like fuck I feel so malnourished right now yeah, I'm like four weeks good. out I don't yeah. feel good but in clothes I might look smaller but it made me mm. think when people would comment as I would get smaller or leaner um you wouldn't do the opposite to people you no, wouldn't be like punched in the face yeah but why <laughs> why is it rewarded bigger. Why is it rewarded well, as a society when we get smaller? Because society is cooked it's and there's up. still social norms that need to be addressed. Now, they're slowly being addressed. Yeah. Slowly, but you're right. It's still very crazy. And we live in our own little bubble with this bodybuilding stuff, I'm yeah, realising. The yeah. more you step out of it, you're like, oh, yeah, I am the outcast. Absolutely. I embrace it. It's amazing and I love it. But mm. you get stuck in your little niche with your friends and your gym people, don't you? There's oh, a whole world out there. Absolutely. Such a small niche. It's a really mm. small percentage of the population um, yeah. and probably everyone that's listening that is super passionate about training. Like not everyone loves the gym. Not everyone likes yeah. exercise. And that's sort of the reality. Like our job and goal and hope is that we inspire people to find a way that they can enjoy, sustain and manage these sorts of things and have a bit more of an understanding about it. Yeah, yeah. And for people who don't listen to our podcast and who aren't into the gym, well, technically we don't need to expect them to care as much as us, really. No. Like Why that's they? our thing. Yeah. So it's depowering if we put that control in other people and have expectations on other people. Mm. Let them do them and then we do us. Yeah. I think you can still have equal amount of respect for people. Like mm. you can have different hobbies and still like respect and like them as a person. Do you know what I mean? Like your friend loves like gardening or like lawn mowing or whatever. You might not understand mm. the, the nooks of their business, but you're going to ask them like how their lawn mowing's going, right? How's the it same going? as Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> the same as when people like, you know, every time grandma, like how the bodybuilding, <laughs> not really a bodybuilder. Um, can but you it's the same thing. And it's like, you just don't want explain what macros are you're like oh yeah yeah I can eat anything yeah yeah I can track it and then like we'll have this I'm like no I'm not gonna have that but you can eat anything no it's not that simple but it is I don't want it yeah (laughs) just one mouthful it won't hurt well that's not the fucking point (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly ignorance is bliss um bless but I feel like we've really unpacked a bit of a calorie surplus today and perhaps you know 
hopefully shared, I guess, our own personal experiences of what it's been like for us as a, on a continuum to go through and that it's okay and it's, it's an important part of life that we eat mm. more sometimes, we eat less on other times. Yeah, just keep it as controlled as you can within reason and then yeah. um, catch yourself out on your language around the surplus. You know, yeah. embrace your body, embrace having the extra energy, you mm. know, just embrace the, the things of life that you're experiencing that you weren't able to experience when you're focused on prep or a goal mm. that was revolved around a deficit. Yeah, Enjoy absolutely. It changing your path and changing your priorities. Very well said. Um, So we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram, tag myself, tag Danielle, and of course the Level Up podcast. Thank you.